Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. What is going on, y'all? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are rolling with episode 49 of the podcast here on Wednesday, January 12th. We are so close to the big 5-0, the 50th episode of Xander's Facts. We're to celebrate. We're going to do absolutely nothing special, but that's next week. This week is episode 49 of the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and remember... If you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you've liked the previous episodes, if you think you're going to like the facts this week, then remember to click the follow button on this podcast, download this episode, episode 49, rate the podcast, and review the podcast, and then go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends about the podcast, and we call it Spreading the Facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends. We've got a bunch to talk about this week on Wednesday, January 12th, including some football, which we will start with on this podcast this week because there was some crazy stuff that happened this weekend and you might have missed it. So we're going to talk about it. Oh, yay. We're going to talk about the NFL because the regular season ended on Sunday, which means it is playoff time. Playoffs. Playoff time. But before we get to that, there was another big game on Monday night of this week, the College Football Playoff National Championship game, which I told you all about last week. If you listened to the podcast last week, if you didn't, you need to stop this podcast right now and go listen. Listen up to last week's podcast. But if you did, you know who was going to win the game. And that team won the game. How about that? But let's talk about it because Monday night was the final game of the college football season. Alabama and Georgia facing off in the college football playoff national championship game. And unlike this season's SEC championship game between these two teams, this game was a much tighter affair and it was a much better game overall. And you could tell within the first few minutes of the game that it was going to be a good game because Alabama got the ball, start the game, and on one of the first plays of the drive, Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, it looks like he fumbles the ball. Georgia recovers. They go all the way, 40 yards, touchdown. Nice. It's waved off, though. It wasn't a fumble. It was a forward pass, apparently. So Georgia, their defense did not play well against Alabama last time. They come out swinging in the first drive. They almost get a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That's waved off, though. But you knew that set the tone for Georgia's defense for this game, because they played really well. And at the half, neither team had made it into the end zone. Alabama led 9-6. It was the first national championship game in college football with five field goals in a half, and it was only one of three national championship games where a touchdown has not been scored in the first half. That includes Alabama's 2012 matchup with LSU and Oklahoma and Florida State. They played in 2001. Those were the other two games. It's all true. But the second half is when Georgia's offense showed up. It was a good game in the first half. It was close, but the offenses came alive in the second half. Georgia scored three offensive touchdowns in the second half, and the third touchdown brought the score to 26 to 18. Georgia was leading with about 330 left in the fourth quarter. So then Alabama gets the ball. Their next drive, everybody's thinking, oh, they're going to go to the end zone. Touchdown, two-point conversion, uh, tie game again, overtime, blah, blah, blah. Well. What happened was there was less than a minute left in the game. Alabama's starting to drive. But then Bryce Young throws the ball. It is intercepted. 
by Keely Ringo, one of the Georgia defensive backs who went 79 yards all the way to the end zone, sealed the deal for the Bulldogs. Georgia won 33-18, as Xander correctly predicted, I might add. Xander's facts. Congratulations. Their first win over Alabama in any game in football since 2007, and their second ever national championship of the AP poll era, their other one was in the year 1980. How about that? Another fact. So it had been 41 years since Georgia had last won a football national championship. That 41-year drought was the longest snapped by a national champion since Auburn ended a 52-year drought when they won the championship in 2010. And Georgia's head coach, Kirby Smart, is also the first coach since 1998 to win a national championship at his alma mater. The last one was... Tennessee back in 1998, Philip Fulmer was their head coach. And a couple of other national championship facts here for you. Georgia is the second team to win a national championship since 1998, despite not winning their conference title this season. Alabama is the only other team to do that. They did that in 2011 and in 2017. And Alabama's 15-point loss is the second largest loss for Alabama under their current head coach, Nick Saban. He's been there since 2007. Their largest loss was the 2019 college football playoff national championship game against Clemson. So how about that? That's a lot of facts. And that's all the facts. So with that, that is a wrap on the 2021-22 college football season. Oh, it's over, Xander. This is horrible. I know. But it's basketball season, and there's still football left, so quit whining. Thanks goodness that's over. No more college football until August. What do you say? That's college football, and that's going to conclude Xander's college football coverage for the season. Everybody's saying, thank goodness. But hold on a second, because we are just getting started on our football coverage for this week, because the NFL had their final week of the regular season this week. Let's head over to the pros and talk about it, because it was a wild final day of the regular season on Sunday. Heading into the weekend, As we said last week on the podcast, previewing this past weekend, there were still a couple of playoff spots up for grabs. In the AFC, there were two playoff spots up for grabs with five teams looking to make the playoffs. The Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, and Ravens. And the NFC had two teams who were fighting for one playoff spot, the Saints and the 49ers. So let's start with all the games in the NFC this week. There were two games on Saturday. The NFC Saturday game was the Cowboys and the Eagles. NFC East, both teams had already locked a playoff spot, so a bunch of players were resting, but the Cowboys still got the win, 51-26. to And then on Sunday, the Packers, they started resting a bunch of their players in the second half against the Lions. They lost to the Lions, 37-30, to but Green Bay still has the number one overall seed in the playoffs, so it didn't really matter. Washington beat the Giants 22-7 because the Giants are apparently worse than Washington, and that's really saying something. Awful. The Vikings beat the Bears 31-17, and the Buccaneers got over the Panthers 41-17. The Bucks clinched the second seed in the NFC playoffs. How about that elsewhere? The Cardinals needed a win against Seattle, the Seahawks, to have a chance at winning their division, get a top-four seed, but they lost at home 38-30 to Seattle but they're still in the playoffs. The Saints needed a win against the Falcons to stay alive for a playoff spot, and they did their part, winning 30-20, to but they also needed the 49ers to lose to the Rams if they were going to make the playoffs. 
However, that did not happen because the 49ers overcame a huge deficit in the second half. They tied the game. They went to overtime and they beat the Rams 27 to 24 in overtime. That gave the 49ers the final playoff spot in the NFC. So the NFC playoffs are set. A sure thing. Now let's go to the AFC because the AFC had a lot more drama this weekend starting on Saturday where the Chiefs played the Broncos in Denver and it was actually a close game, but the Chiefs were able to win 28 to 24. And then on Sunday, the Browns were able to beat the Joe Burrow less Bengals 21 to 16. The Bills beat the Jets 27-10 to clinch the AFC East in a top-four playoff seed. The Dolphins beat the Patriots 33-24. And the Titans came back to beat the Texans on the road 28-25. They were losing to the Texans. It wasn't very good. So then we get to the Ravens-Steelers matchup, which was a huge game because the winner still had a chance at the playoffs. It was kind of a slim chance, but they still had a chance. That game went all the way to overtime, and it looked like there was actually a chance that they would end up in a tie, and if they tied, both of those teams would have been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh-oh. However, that did not happen because the Pittsburgh Steelers rallied in the last few minutes of overtime. They got a game-winning field goal with just moments left, won the game 16-13. to The Steelers' hopes were alive for the rest of the day in the playoffs. However. They also needed the Colts to lose and the Chargers and Raiders game to not end in a tie. So, the Colts were facing the Jaguars. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, they were in the playoffs. If they didn't, because of that result, they're out. So, the Colts are playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Should be pretty easy, right? Wrong, because the Colts got beat up in Jacksonville 26 to 11. Yikes! Was the score. Jacksonville won the game. Didn't matter that a bunch of their fans came dressed to the game as clowns. They still won and they kept the Colts out of the playoffs. So, the Steelers still had a chance. It came down to the final game of the season. Sunday night football. Big game alert! Raiders and Chargers from Las Vegas. Those two teams were still in the hunt for the playoffs. A winner in that game would send that team to the playoffs. The loser would go home, except if they tied. If the two teams tied, both teams would go to the playoffs and the Steelers would go home. However, if a team won and another team lost, the team that won would go to the playoffs. The Steelers would also go to the playoffs. But if the game tied, the Steelers would not go to the playoffs. Dang! So very interesting. There were a lot of conspiracies about that. Would the Chargers and Raiders intentionally go for the tie so both teams can move on to the playoffs and the Steelers would stay home? Would that happen? Well, the game went to overtime. It lasted past midnight on the East Coast. Good thing they were playing out West, but it was still a light night for everyone watching on the East Coast. But it looked like because the game went to overtime, there was a chance that the teams would tie, which would eliminate the Steelers. So while the Steelers fans were watching this because they had no control over what happened, they didn't have, their team didn't have any control over what happened, so they were throwing things at their TV, gnawing at their fingernails for what was like four hours, because that game lasted forever. It went to overtime, and it looked like the teams could actually tie, because the game went down to the final minutes of overtime. The Raiders had the ball in the final few minutes, and it looked like 
they were content on running out the clock. Because if they did, they'd still go to the playoffs. Did you know that? So there's less than two minutes left. They run the ball. It's third down. But the Chargers call timeout. Now there's less than a minute left. So the Raiders' whole mindset changes. They said, the coaches and players said after the game that they were probably just going to kneel down and tie the game. However, Chargers called timeout. They're like, all right, let's run this play on third down. It's like third down and five. Let's see if we can get a first down because then they'd be in field goal range. Well, they got a first down. So now they're in field goal range. So now they've got two seconds, take a timeout. So they're going to go for the field goal. They're going to try for the win. Doesn't matter. If, the, if they get a field goal, they win the game. They go to the playoffs. The Chargers don't. If they miss it, they still go to the playoffs, but the Chargers go to the playoffs too. So the Chargers and the Steelers were really hoping on this field goal. The Raiders couldn't care less, except for maybe their kicker because he wanted to make it. Well, their kicker apparently did care because he made it. And that sent the Chargers home. It sent the Raiders to the playoffs and the Steelers to the playoffs. That game was absolutely crazy because the Chargers had to mount a furious comeback in the fourth quarter just to send it to overtime. And then they get heartbroken. Justin Herbert, he's not going to the playoffs. Oh, poor Herbie. But, oh well. Probably their head coach's fault, Brandon Staley, because he shouldn't have called that timeout, and that was very dumb. If you say so. Either way, Chargers are out, Raiders are in, and Steelers are in the playoffs. So, to recap, in the NFC, the 49ers clinched a playoff spot in overtime, while in the AFC, the Steelers needed overtime in their game to keep their hopes alive, and then they needed an overtime win by the Raiders to get them into the playoffs, which happened, and it also sent the Raiders to the playoffs. So three huge overtime games in Week 18, the first ever Week 18 in the NFL season, to send some teams to the playoffs. How about that? So the regular season is over, and of course, when the regular season ends, just like we saw in college football, same thing happens in NFL. A bunch of coaches, they get told, bye-bye, we don't want you anymore. It's the truth. A couple of coaches got fired after Sunday's games, including the Bears letting go of their head coach, Matt Nagy, but that had been rumored for months because the Bears were not doing so well. But the Bears also got rid of their general manager, Ryan Pace. The Broncos got rid of their head coach, Vic Fangio, after missing the playoffs for the last six seasons. The last time the Broncos were in the playoffs was when they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50. That was Peyton Manning's last game. That is the longest playoff drought for a team immediately following a Super Bowl win in NFL history. How about that? Fact nugget! The Vikings also fired their head coach, Mike Zimmer, and their general manager, Rick Spielman. And in a pretty surprising move, actually, the Dolphins fired their head coach, Brian Flores, after the team won eight of their last nine games. Well, also... They missed the playoffs because they started like one and seven. The Dolphins are now the fourth team in the Super Bowl era to win eight or more of their last nine games in the regular season and then replace their head coach for the following season. Kind of sketchy. Yes, it is, Xander. Plus, the Giants general manager Dave Gettleman announced that he is retiring. And then on Tuesday, the Giants announced that they fired their head coach, Joe Judge. The Lions have parted ways with their offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, who was the Chargers head coach previously. And earlier this season, the Panthers fired their special teams coordinator, Chase Blackburn, and their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. The Giants fired their offensive coordinator and the former head coach of the Cowboys, Jason Garrett. 
while the head coach of the Raiders, John Grin, resigned because he's a racist and a bad boy. And the Jaguars, of course, fired Urban Meyer because he a little crazy. Yep. All right. So with all that, there are seven teams who are searching for new head coaches. The Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Dolphins, Jaguars, Giants, and Raiders. And the Raiders are the only team out of those six to have made the playoffs this season. So how about that? Wrap that all up. Last week, I went seven and nine on the picks, which is only 44%, which is kind of bad. But the early record is still 170 and 104 to wrap up the regular season. That's a 62% winning percentage. Winning some money with Xander. Get that dough. So with all of that out of the way, let's get to the playoffs. The playoffs begin on Saturday. Super wildcard weekend, apparently, because we got games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So let's start. Let's do Xander's predictions for the first round of the NFL playoffs, also known as the wildcard round. Let's begin Saturday, 4.30 Eastern. The game is on NBC and Peacock. It's the fifth seed in the AFC, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are going to Cincinnati to take on the fourth-seeded Bengals, who are hosting their first playoff game since 2015, which is also the last time they were in the playoffs, while the Raiders are making just their second playoff appearance since they lost the Super Bowl back in 2002. That's a fact! So they haven't been here very often. And the past two games that the Bengals have had their starting offense playing, mainly Joe Burrow, their quarterback, they have been incredible. Joe Burrow has been nearly automatic passing to his receivers, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and he's probably going to be the rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. So, he took a week off last week, that's why they lost the game probably. I would expect the Bengals to impress at home against the Raiders. They should beat up the Raiders. I think the Bengals are going to move on to the next round. Also, on Saturday at 8.15 Eastern on CBS and Paramount Plus in the AFC, the six-seeded Patriots head to Buffalo to take on the three-seeded Bills. It's an AFC East matchup that wraps up Saturday's doubleheader. These two teams meet for the third time this season when the two teams played in Buffalo. That was back on Monday Night Football a while ago. The Patriots squeaked out a low-scoring affair. That game was ugly, while the Bills took the game that they played in Foxborough, Massachusetts. But the Patriots have definitely impressed this season under their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. Not a lot of people thought they'd go to the playoffs, including Xander, probably. While the Bills have definitely found a way to pull things together down the stretch because they were not looking so good earlier in the season. But they're the third seed in the AFC. And if their quarterback for the Bills... Josh Allen can find a rhythm, unlike what happened the last time these two teams met in Buffalo. I think the Bills should roll past the Patriots, but I am going to expect a close game, but I will take the Bills to beat the Patriots. Then on Sunday, we got a triple hunter starting at one o'clock on Fox. It's the seventh seeded Eagles in the NFC facing the second seeded Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. It is Nick Sirianni's first season as Eagles head coach and Philly is in the playoffs. However, they are not going to be able to hang with the Bucks in Tampa. The Buccaneers should get a decisive win at home on Sunday. And then, staying in the NFC, on Sunday, 4.30 Eastern, it's the six-seeded 49ers who are taking on the Cowboys, who are the three-seed in Dallas, well, Arlington, I guess. This game is on four different platforms for your viewing experience. CBS, Paramount+, Plus, Amazon Prime Video, and Nickelodeon. So if you want to watch a game on Nickelodeon, it's the 49ers and the Cowboys on Sunday at 4.30. What goes better than the Cowboys and Nickelodeon? How about that? 
Many things actually go better than those two. That was dumb. But the Cowboys are going to have their work cut out for them against the 49ers because San Francisco just had a complete game last week to beat the Rams in Los Angeles. And I think that the 49ers are going to do just enough to put away the Cowboys and become the only road team to win this weekend. How about that? A little foreshadowing. Xander's facts. Then on Sunday night, 8-15 Eastern on NBC and Peacock, it's the seven-seeded Steelers in the AFC heading to Kansas City to take on the second-seeded Chiefs. Let's just say that the Steelers are a little lucky to be in the playoffs. They needed all those overtimes. But they're still here. And all they have to do to get to the next round is beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, that's not going to happen. The Chiefs should dominate. They should roll to the next round. And then the first ever Monday Night Wild Card game. It is the Cardinals and the Rams Monday at 8.15 on ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, and ESPN+. It is the third time that these divisional opponents are facing off this season. Both teams have had some questionable results this season, including both of these teams losing last weekend against the two divisional opponents who are not playing in this game. And if you've been listening to Xander all season for the NFL, you'd probably think I'm taking the Cardinals because the Cardinals are my new team. I've been on the Cardinals bandwagon all season. Sure about that? However, here's what I'll say about the Cardinals. They have been fading. They have lost some very questionable games. They did beat the Cowboys in Dallas, but they also lost to the Lions. And you shouldn't be losing the Lions if you're the Cardinals playoff team. So, and I also don't trust their head coach Cliff Kingsbury at all. So, I've got the Rams winning a close one at home to wind up the wildcard weekend. And the winners of this weekend's games, they all move on to next weekend, which is the divisional round. The lowest seed in each conference that moves on will face the number one seeds in each conference, which in the AFC are the Tennessee Titans. In the NFC are the Green Bay Packers. Those two teams have a bye this week. They're going to be playing next week. And the other two winners of this weekend's games in each conference will face off against each other. So there you go. That's your football for this week. It is playoff time. Playoffs. Playoff time in the NFL. Football season is finally winding down after 18 weeks. Longest season ever. Overrated. So now that that is out of the way, we're going to get to some politics. Of course, Sanders Facts Podcast. After the break, we're going to talk about something interesting this week because there's been a lot of talk about all the divisions that are going on in america the right and the left can't get along with each other that's been the case forever however last few years and very recently i suppose the tensions have increased everyone knows this america is at its most tense and divided point in history ever since you know what well there have been some discussions people have been talking recently especially in the past week, about America finally reaching its boiling point. What are you talking about? Xander, what does that mean? I don't know. We're going to talk about it, but it kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about the last few weeks. So we're going to get into all that. Politics is next as the Xander's Facts podcast continues. Xander's Facts. 
Xander's Facts, welcome back, y'all. We are getting into some politics now, and we've got an interesting topic to talk about for the second half of episode 49 of Xander's Facts podcast. We're talking about polarization in America. Yeah, we talk about polarization every week. This week, we're getting into what the consequences of that polarization might be. What are you talking about, Xander? Well, it is no secret that America is extremely divided. True that. Which could be evidenced basically by this podcast, because there's probably a bunch of people who don't believe all the facts or don't agree with all the facts that I'm putting out there for any number of reasons on a wide variety of topics for whatever reason, even though they should be, because they are Xander's facts. Xander's facts? But there are many issues on which Republicans and conservatives believe starkly different things compared to Democrats and liberals. Of course, this has been the case for a long time, and the divisions in this country are not just political, they're social and cultural differences as well. Those have been prevalent ever since the founding of this nation. So, what is so different? What's going on right now? Because last week was the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. We talked about it on this podcast. If you didn't listen to last week, you need to go listen to that podcast last week. You dummy! But we talked about it, and a lot of people talked about it one year anniversary of January 6th. So in the wake of this anniversary, there are a bunch of online columns in news publications and a lot of people talking about America's divisions and reasons why the U.S. could be on track for another civil war. That's what we're talking about this week. Why would you do this to me? Hold your horses. Xander just said civil war and you just fell out of your chair. Hold on. Is that a distinct possibility or is it all fluff? Let's talk about it and let's see what Xander thinks. Because what is all the hubbub about a potential civil war in America's future? First off, let's take a look at what some experts are actually saying. Experts like Barbara Walter, who's a political scientist at the University of California, San Diego. She has a novel that came out this month that's titled How Civil Wars Started and How to Stop Them. And her conclusions in that novel that have come from a ton of years of research and analysis have become. Major talking points for many political pundits out there, and in recent days and weeks, there have been articles in the New York Times, the Atlantic, NPR, the New Yorker, and a bunch of other news publications. All these articles have their own takes on whether or not today's political violence can devolve into all-out warfare. Could it? Well, Walter notes about civil wars and similar events is that few who witness them up close tend to know that they're coming. She told the New York Times that out of the many people she interviewed who lived through civil wars, almost all of them were surprised that they happened. And Walter also notes that to those familiar with civil wars who have extensive knowledge on their upbringings, they are rarely surprising. So to those who know about civil wars and can see the signs, they are not very surprising. And the argument here is that American democracy, we talk about America, that democracy is on the brink in America which, if you've listened to my podcast, probably agree with. Whoops. And that its downfall could result in maybe not a civil war, so to say, but lots of violence in America. When we think of civil war in the United States, we all go back to the 1860s, Abraham Lincoln, North versus South. That's not what they're talking about. Now I'll get to that in a second. But we've talked about the downfall of democracy on this podcast extensively, including last week, which you need to go listen to. 
And Walter also told NPR San Diego station KPBS that while the insurrection was surprising, it should not have been. Because American democracy, she says, has been on the decline since 2016. You all know what happened in 2016. She says that while the U.S. used to be considered a full democracy to many, like countries like Norway, Switzerland, Iceland, it is now considered a partial democracy. Kind of like countries like Ecuador, Somalia, and Haiti which, when you're talking about democracies, kind of don't want to be compared to. And when looking at civil wars across the world over the last few generations, including the civil war we had in this country back in the 1860s, experts argued that there are predictable patterns that emerge, which Walter lays out in her book. For like half of her book, she lays these things out. First, they tend to be most common in anocracies. What are anocracies? What? Well, that's a term that scholars like Walter are using to call countries that are basically in between democracy and autocracy. Democracy, of course, elections. Autocracy, you know, dictators. Next, the rise of intense political polarization, not based on ideology, but on identity, especially between two factions of nearly equal size, where one fears of being crushed by the other. And also, the instigators of civil violence tend to be those of previously dominant groups in their country who see their majority status as slipping away. This could result in vigilantes or, or militants taking violence directly to the people. So those are basically a couple of the signs or predictable patterns that a lot of scholars and experts in these fields see when looking at the buildups to civil wars and events similar to civil wars that have mass political violence. And when taking a look at those, it's kind of clear where the U.S. is headed. Watch it, buddy! That first one, anocracies. Could you consider the U.S. an anocracy? Because we've had democracy for all this time, but we're having... As we have said on this podcast, all these new voting laws by Republicans, they don't care about people voting as long as they're voting for those people. That's kind of autocratic, trying to put their person in. So if you consider the U.S. an anocracy, and some people do, I guess you could go that way. And instigators of civil violence tend to be those of previously dominant groups who see their majority status as slipping away. How about a bunch of crazy, racist, white people in this country who are afraid of white people becoming a minority in this country, which is projected to happen around 2045, and those people who are flat-out racist don't want that to happen because minorities are apparently bad. That's not a fact. And also, vigilantes are militants taking violence directly to the people. How about... The attempted kidnappings of a couple of governors last year, including Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer, all of them Democrats, of course, by these boogaloo groups, that could also be a sign. And it is no secret that there is a faction of the country who is clamoring for a fight right now. Many of those who swarmed the Capitol last year wore shirts that read the words Civil War in some form. The MAGA Civil War. We're in a civil war. We gotta attack the left. They're terrible. Are you stupid? And some people like Congressman from North Carolina, Republican Madison Cawthorn, who said last year, quote, if our election systems continue to be rigged and continue to be stolen, then it's going to lead to one place, and that's bloodshed, unquote. That's what he said. And a congresswoman named Marjorie from Georgia, you know who I'm talking about, last month called for a national divorce between blue states 
and resonates. That's what she said. So even though an actual violent conflict in the United States would probably hurt those people the most, they're still asking for it. And there are several armed militant groups that are present across the U.S. who could just be waiting to make a move. All those people, the Proud Boys, the Boogaloo groups, all that junk, the Oath Keepers who descended on D.C. on January 6th, all those people, they're all across the country, and they're kind of crazy, and they're kind of armed, and that's not good. So, we've been talking about all this violence, so would this actually be an actual civil war, similar to what we saw in the 1860s? I kind of answered this earlier, but the quick answer is no, because not even those who are extremely pessimistic about the current situation in this country see it devolving into that, because The fact is that back in the day, it was extremely easy to split the nation in the 1860s between one major issue, one big dividing line. In the American Civil War, the reason that the states in the South succeeded, as everyone knows, was because of slavery and a state's right to allow slavery. It's true! It was pretty simple for the southern states, who were in the South, who were all surrounded by each other, to secede since they wanted slavery, while the northern states, who weren't surrounded by the other southern states, didn't. So it set up simple battle lines with the Union Army in the north and the Confederate Army in the south. That's a simple, easy, one-issue dividing line. The thing is, we've got a ton of issues right now in this country. Nothing to that magnitude could be accomplished today. Why? Because there's no prevalent issue that nearly entire states could agree on that would send them to war with other states or the federal government. Now, of course, there's red states and blue states. Nebraska is not the same as California. But that doesn't mean that 100% of the people in Kansas voted for Donald Trump or 100% of the people in New York voted for Joe Biden. Because in the 2020 election, 41.5% of voters voted for Joe Biden in Kansas. That's only 200,000 less people than Donald Trump got to vote for him in Kansas. In New York, Donnie Boy got 37.7% of the vote. That's 3,250,000 people. That's a lot of numbers. So if entire states split apart, then large segments of the population would be left behind and dissatisfied. That didn't really happen in the Civil War when the South was seceding. I mean, you probably had people who were not happy that they were seceding from the Union, but it wouldn't be the magnitude that it is today. So obviously, that wouldn't happen now. And if it did, it would have to result in, like, mass migrations across the United States. Like, blue voters, liberals who live in the Midwest would probably be going up to Michigan or New York or California or wherever, and people who are conservative, who vote red, who live in New York, California, Virginia, all those states, they'd try to go to the Midwest. It'd be mass migrations. It would be a disaster. It wouldn't be economically viable. It'd be a total mess. Plus, there's so many other things that would happen that just, uh, it'd be terrible. So, of course, that's unrealistic. Economic concerns, so many concerns all over the place. Story time! That's why it's unrealistic to think that blue states and red states would ever split apart and create their own countries. Now, could it happen? Well, I guess there's always a chance, but, I mean, not even people who are, like, pessimistic about this are saying that's gonna happen. So, I would definitely not bet on it. But that's not what the experts like Walter are talking about. And Stephen March, Stephen March wrote the book, The Next Civil War, Dispatches from the American Future. That's not what they're arguing will or could happen. Instead, 
what's actually being hypothesized as could be a bad scenario for the U.S., distinct possibility, too, is that there's increased instances of political violence across America, mostly by right-wing militant groups, targeted at the opposition, Democrats, progressives, liberals, the left, whoever, Republicans who have denounced the big lie, and the government itself, because the government itself is run by Democrats right now. Now, could all that reasonably happen? Well, absolutely. In fact, it probably already has started to happen, and I would say it's potentially likely, because all the ingredients for that are in place. There is an entire faction, a large faction, of the country that is upset that their candidate did not win the last presidential election, and those people believe that the other side are legitimately evil people because those people have been brainwashed into believing a ton of lies that do not benefit their lives at all. But Donald Trump is the savior. Add in the fact that unlike in other first world civilized democracies, it is incredibly easy in the United States to obtain a gun, including a gun that can shoot dozens of people in literally seconds. So the ingredients are here, and all that the right-wing factions need is for their leader, their leaders, to give them the go-ahead. Now, of course, this could all devolve into mass political violence, which would obviously create a crisis in the country, or it could basically just be like one of the many times that political violence has wrecked havoc on America. You know, like the KKK killing black people all the time in the South back after the Civil War because they were not happy that the South lost, or the 1921 massacre of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, or the riots that took place after Martin Luther King's assassination across the country. In those times and others, the U.S. has experienced great political violence that most modern, fully functioning democracies don't tend to see nowadays. So it's kind of a fact that political violence has been widespread at times in the U.S. ever since its founding. And that's a big critique of the U.S. But that's how it's been. The U.S. is a pretty violent country. Obviously, this could be just another wave of what we have seen several times before, which obviously would be bad, or it could be worse. It could evolve into the takeover of the U.S. federal government by the right wing with, of course, Donnie Boy, or one of his acolytes taking over as a non-democratically elected dictator. Now, could that happen? I guess there's the potential. Not funny. But there are some people who would like that to happen in this country. I'm just saying. Now, if that happened, there would obviously be some angry people, like Xander. Judge Xander. And would that force blue states to actually take a stand or potentially secede? Would red states do the same thing if Democrats win in 2024? I wouldn't bet on it, but I guess never say never, knowing that anything could happen in America. I mean, we, like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen, I guess. Now, if blue states and red states did actually become their own separate countries, that would be very interesting. It'd also be very bad for probably both sides and the entire world. Like, that would cause mass chaos, not just in the country, but the world. But it would be an interesting hypothetical to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about that on this podcast, even though that'd be very sad. And bad. I didn't ask that. But that I don't think would happen anytime soon. So, to recap all that stuff that I've been blabbering about for the last 15 minutes, all of that may seem like a lot. And to point to the fact that I don't even think resembling a civil war could happen when I started off the segment talking about civil war, it may just seem like you wasted the last 20 minutes listening to Xander Ramble. However, I would say that the fact that we're having these discussions and that it's not just the Xander's fact topic, this is a big topic that's going on right now. 
I think that the fact that we're having these discussions and that they're prevalent in our society today should probably be a little concerning. But I would obviously think that these discussions have occurred before. Like, I'm not just talking about the Civil War. Oh, you think it was going to be a Civil War? Yeah, probably Lincoln, you know, wants to free slaves. I think the South would do it. Not that. Disrespectful! But when other instances of mass political violence have happened in this country, I mean, I would assume somebody somewhere has talked about, oh, the U.S., oh, it's so divided, it's so polarized, it's split apart, we're going to have a Civil War. I mean, somebody probably had that thought somewhere in this country. But those conversations may not have been as mainstream as now, because we do live in a world where everyone's opinions can be found online. Like Xander's, because you're listening to Xander's Facts podcast, where without the internet, you'd never ever hear my voice, and you'd probably be happy about it. Xander warned you! So, in review, should we worry about another civil war on our hands? I'd say no, probably not. But the extremism that promotes the discussion is alive and real in America. So an increase in violent events that actually take human lives and threaten our democracy, that is not out of the question. That's what is being really talked about here, is an increase in violence because of politics, because of ideologies, identities in this country. And a lot of that has to do with Donnie Boy, but it's not all Donnie Boy. He is the poster boy for it. You know, he's up at the top, but this has been going on. The right wing, extreme right wing, way to the right, crazy faction stuff. I mean, this has been going on for years, but it's gaining more and more momentum because people like Donnie Boy have made it mainstream, have made those ideas mainstream, are attacking the media and the left and his enemies like dictators or wannabe dictators do. You hate to see it. So that's all not good. And that's why it's important to elect officials who appoint those in positions of power, like at the Department of Justice and the FBI, who actually have the power to quell these uprisings before they get out of hand. Like they're trying to do right now with all the January 6th people who stormed the Capitol. They're trying to arrest them all. But of course, they allowed January 6th to happen. So that was kind of a failure. America! But after all of that, it's an important conversation. And I am glad we're having it. Because you all might think Xander's kind of crazy now. And Xander kind of is. Because when you mention the term Civil War, people are like, whoa, what are you talking about? But that's what's being talked about right now. Mainstream. It's a mainstream topic right now that's being talked about all across the country, probably all across the world, because if the U.S. devolved into mass political violence or civil war or whatever that stuff, it wouldn't just affect the U.S., it would affect the world, and it would be very, very bad. What a time to be alive! Let's just say that. That is politics for this week, and that's the podcast for this week. Episode 49 of Zaner's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and remember... If you like the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, click that follow button on the podcast, download the podcast, rate and review the podcast, five stars, please, and then go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, Xander with a Z, Xander's Facts, and then remember, tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends Xander's crazy because he's talking about Civil War even though he doesn't think it's going to happen. But still. Xander's Facts. That is a wrap on episode 49 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 50 next week.
That was the worst thing I ever heard, right?